Empire. How we watch and what we watch are changing quickly. And we've got a multi-camera solution that's capturing everything on the field of play. So it's capturing a 180 degree panorama and it's stitching together those different cameras automatically through computer vision and advanced algorithms where we're determining where the action is. That's Dave Shapiro, the president of the U.S. Youth Division at Pixelot, where all sports at all levels are becoming more and more accessible. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. Dave has the know-how, so does Aviv Arnon from WSC Sports Technologies, an Israeli startup that is creating new ways to quickly collect and disseminate content and highlights. We developed a cloud platform that takes a live sports broadcast and then automatically identifies what happens in the video at every moment and creates an, and and create an individual clip of every play. You'll hear from Aviv in a bit, but first, let's deep dive into the high-tech world of the collection of action and start with Dave Shapiro from Pixelot. Our guest this week is Dave Shapiro. He's the president of Youth Sports for Pixelot, which is revolutionizing the ability to transform broadcast production of sporting events. Hey, Dave, how are you? Very good. Thanks for having me on today. You know, it's really hard to describe what you guys do without obviously seeing it, other than to say it's high-quality productions that are capable with little to no human interaction. Can you kind of explain it from there? Yeah, you're exactly right. So we are changing the way live sports are produced. Um, The way that our system works is you install our technology in an arena um, or on a football field, doesn't matter whether it's indoor or outdoor, and we've got a multi-camera solution that's capturing everything on the field of play. So it's capturing a 180 degree panorama and it's stitching together those different cameras automatically through computer vision and advanced algorithms where we're determining where the action is. And so without having any human that's controlling the cameras or the production, our advanced algorithms are able to determine that and then produce a seamless production that is very similar to what you're used to seeing on linear TV or on a, a stream sporting event. One of the videos I saw, though, that, that you guys show on your website is there does have this almost video game feel to it. Can you kind of describe what the content ends up looking like? Yeah, the content really is consistent with what you would have with a live cameraman and at times actually even better because a live cameraman can make mistakes um, and not track the action right, whereas our, um, our computer vision is built to not make those mistakes. And if we do make a mistake, it's gonna be corrected. And so the beauty behind what we're doing is it's all based on machine learning. So with each game and hour of production that we have, the better our computer vision is going to get, because if it does make a mistake, it's then Uh, we make an improvement, and so the next game that we produce, you won't have that same mistake. So that's where I think the value of the number of hours we produce really comes into play. We've produced about 400,000 hours of live sports production 
Um, our systems are in about 4,000 facilities right now, uh, fields, courts, et cetera. Let's talk about the human element for a moment, though. Uh, there are some instincts, and, and obviously for, for finding highlights, showing things, showing a game in itself, this seems revolutionary. But there are portions of the show, and I'm biased, I'm a sportscaster, knowing when to get the shot of the coach when he's having what looks like a private conversation or the players talking on the bench or the crowd shots that might add to the broadcast. How do the machines have those type of instincts? Yeah, so so there's different levels of production. Um, our base unit is really the center court viewpoint where you've got four cameras just there, and so you really have one viewpoint of the game. Um, and that's what a lot of high schools are doing um, and youth sports. We also have uh, what we've just rolled out, which is Pixelot Prime, which is really a, an advanced production and one that you're talking about where you've got the different viewpoints. And there we do have some human element. So with Pixelot Prime, you've got three camera locations, um, six cameras total, four cameras at center court, and then a baseline camera. And the um, you'd have one manual operator there that then would be controlling when we're going to go to the baseline camera, when we're going to zoom in at the free throw shooter, zoom in at the coach, when we're going to do a replay of a highlight. Um, so in that case, it's not 100% automated, but you are going from a production crew that would usually be maybe 10 to 12 people to one person. And the machines are learning through all of this? Like, are, are they starting to show the sign of momentum has changed, there's a timeout that's about to be called here? Yeah, so, so because we're tracking where the players are on the court, we know when there's a timeout or a break in action, and we've actually been able to integrate sponsorship at that time. So we've got automated mid-roll where when we can, the computer can sense there's a break in action, we can put in that 30-second commercial. Also, in regards to highlights, we've trained the computer vision to know, for example, in basketball, when a basket is made. So our system knows, you know, when the ball goes through the net, that's a basket. So, for example, after every basketball game, we produce automatically a condensed version of that game. So you would have a 10 to 12 minute game that would just show three seconds before and three seconds after of every basket that was scored. And announcers, you're, there is videos showing them. Are, are they from remote locations? Is that what's happening here? Um, you can do both. So a lot of the universities that we work with, they already have a radio broadcast. And so that radio broadcast is just plugged into um, our video broadcast and it's done seamlessly. We've been able to do that for ESPN in a number of instances. Um, you can also do remote commentary. So you could have somebody at home or in their office in New York, and they could be watching that stream of the game in California and do the broadcasting that way as well. Yeah, I think listeners might be surprised to know that this is happening um, a lot in the industry. Even ESPN has people doing games from Bristol, and they're not on location any longer. That's not always the case, but there's more and more of that that is happening out there. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think the need for it is because there's so much more content now. Um, Ten years ago, you didn't have the need for as much content because you were filling, you know, in ESPN's instance, you're filling ESPN, ESPN2, and maybe, ES, you know, one other ESPN3 or ESPNU. And so there's only a certain amount of content you need. Now, with all the other people that are involved in live sports and all the streaming networks, which streaming networks can have, um, an unlimited amount of content, 
there's the need and demand for more niche content. And obviously niche content doesn't have as many eyeballs, so you've got to be able to produce that content more efficiently. Um, what are people asking for in terms of content? Outside of obviously the, the opportunity to broadcast the game live and the traditional highlight reel, what are you hearing from your clients in saying what they want in their content? Um, I think that there's a big need for more niche sports and uh, what we talk about is democratizing sports production. So in the past, you know, universities and high schools would really produce just the premium games and the premium sports. So usually men's and women's basketball and football uh, would be the games that would get production. Um, now there's interest and a need to produce lacrosse and water polo and gymnastics and baseball and softball. Um, so that's really, I think, where we're playing is being able to help schools and organizations produce sports that otherwise wouldn't be able to be produced. And are they finding, you know, through you and now having the access and the ability to do this, that there is a demand for these things? Because, you know, like, does water polo have a big audience that needed to be satisfied? There's an audience. You know, the question is how big of an audience. But when you can produce at a minimal cost, you don't need necessarily that big of an audience. So, for example, water polo at a uh, Division II university obviously is not going to have thousands of eyeballs, but their alumni is going to want to tune in. Families are going to want to tune in. Uh, friends are going to want to watch. So although you might not have a big audience, you're still going to have an audience. Can you discuss cost? Is that is that proprietary, or can you can you describe what it would cost to install a system to actually showcase a game? Yeah, so um, we don't really charge per game, although we have done that in some instances. The way our system works is you buy the hardware, um, which is the hardware is our our um, proprietary camera system that has multiple cameras involved and a computer unit that's connected, and that's where all the processing takes place. So you pay for that hardware, and that ranges anywhere from $5,000 to $20,000, depending on what level product you're getting. And then there's a software component, which is all the automatic production, our advanced algorithms that go into that, the support, uh, the storage in the cloud, the streaming, all the stuff to take it to a consumer. And so depending on what package you're getting, people are paying anywhere from Three thousand to six thousand dollars a year for the software package, and um, so so that's where really the the more scale you have, the better economics you're going to have. Because if you're producing one game a year, obviously that's going to be expensive. But if you're producing, for example, in a college setting, you put it in your gym and you've got sixty home games between men's and women's volleyball, men's and women's basketball, perhaps some gymnastics then the cost per event starts to get very, very low. So you could put in the hardware and pay the fee and tape as many games, tape is probably the wrong word here, but ingest as many games as you want and then turn it around. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so in a college setting, you know, sometimes that's going to get you a game produced for like $100 a game at some point. I mean, it depends how many events you're going to be doing. Um, so who wants this right now? Is it high schools, lower tier colleges? Who, who are your main clients right now? So to date, our, our biggest client in the U.S. is the National Federation of High Schools, um, NFHS Network. 
they um, are like an ESPN, but for high school sports exclusively. Uh, they have about 2,000 of our systems installed in different high schools across the U.S. We just did a seven-year extension with them, which is going to take us to 20,000 units over the next seven years. That would be about 85% of the high school marketplace. Um, so we've got a ton of traction in high school. We're now focused in going upstream into college and professional sports, as well as downstream into youth sports, multi-sport facilities, tournament facilities, et cetera. Um, and you mentioned ESPN. So you are working with networks. They're, they're asking you to do what with this for them? Yeah. So for example, with ESPN, we've done some production um, for ESPN3, ESPN Plus type of footage. Um, and so we're replacing what would be the student camera crew um, in some instances with our technology. Um, and then we've also done some work with uh, Flow Sports, which is big in the uh, streaming sports landscape um, and other production companies. So do they see you as a partner or do they see you as a threat? Are they concerned that you're going to come in and kind of do what they do but better? No, I, I think as a partner, really, because we're going to give all these businesses and media companies the opportunity to add more content uh, to their platform at a, a cost that is going to help them grow. Where does it go from here? Is, is this something for Google, for Amazon, for the traditional, all of them? Where, where do you sense this is going? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that we're becoming a big part of the media landscape. Um, you know, we're, we're not that we're not going to compete with those guys and have, um, you know, an, an ESPN streaming platform. We want to work with the Amazons, the Googles, the Apples who are getting into streaming now and essentially be the technology that's going to help them um, scale their content and generate more users for their content. All right, so let's go back to the tech here a little bit. Um, what are you guys not doing with it right now that you think you will be able to do in the next three, five, ten years? Yeah, I, I think it is going to drastically improve. I mean, if you look at our company, we've been around for five years, and we're the most seasoned company in this industry. Um, so in five years, this industry has already come a very long way. So it's it's almost even hard to tell where the industry will be five years from now because it's going to drastically change. Um, some of the things that we're working on right now are lights. So we have automatic highlights for the game, but uh, where we're going to be soon is you could get automatic highlights for number 23 or number 15. Um, and so where that's big in the youth and high school landscape is they can use that for recruiting footage, et cetera, um, sharing with families, and then also even at the professional level, it just cuts down the amount of editing time that has to be there. I think you're just going to soon, in five years, see every single sports event be produced because of the cost of production going down. So, you know, whether you're at a NAIA school or a, a high school or a little league even, um, you're going to have that content produced. And that really is where my passion for this business comes in. Um, I played Division II baseball at University of California at Davis, and we did not have one game the entire time I was there that was produced because we didn't make it to the champion, you know, the league championship and thing like that. There was a couple games that were produced but not of ours. And it would be great to have that footage to be able to show my kids and 
Um, and now with my kids playing sports, same thing. If you go to their sporting events, every parent is holding up a cell phone and you can't enjoy the game when you're trying to capture it. If you know that everything moment's going to be captured in a high quality way, then nobody's going to have to be holding up their phone at the game. Um, you had better footage. You had mentioned, um, you know, you can have automatic highlights made for you. How does the machine know what constitutes a highlight? Um, so in basketball, for example, the machine learning knows when the basket, we've taught it when to, to recognize the ball going through the net. Um, and so that's what it's really focused on. So when it, it notices the ball going through the net, it tags that moment as a basket scored. Um, in football, we use yardage. So for example, the highlights are going to be anything that's over 10 yards or anything where there's a change of possession. Um, those are the things that we're training it to to clip. So there's, you know, there could be a hundred baskets made in a basketball game. Can it whittle down the ones that are more interesting than others? Um, we can to, you know, in regards to like three pointers, slam dunks. Um, so there's certain things that we can train the system on right now. Uh, there's still going to be some evolutions to be able to catch every single highlight. I don't think we're there yet um we're able to do the more general ones right now um do, do you see i would assume you see applications beyond sports here too like this could be used for what concerts for all sorts of types of applications for content right yeah it certainly can and actually one of the universities that were installed in uh, uc irvine in california uh, their head of marketing came to us with that exact same vision he said okay now this is in our gym we have concerts here we have graduation here um, we have all these special events. Can we capture all of that? And the answer is yes, of, of course. Now, we don't have our, – our algorithms have to be built specific to the sport to track the players in action, right? You've got to teach the machine what to look at. We haven't done that for a graduation setting or a concert setting. So in that case, you would just do a fixed frame for where that action is going to be, the stage, um, it's not going to be zooming back and forth on, you know, the different performers yet. Right. So uh, I think it will be. Right. So like a comedy set, a performing artist, like that type of thing needs to be learned now. But if you've taught them how to follow James Harden around, I would think you'd be able to follow Drake around if you had to. <laughs> Certainly. It's just yeah. a, a matter of us prioritizing and getting to that. I mean, right now we're still adding new sports. We have 12 sports that we produce. Obviously, there's more sports than that. Um, and so we still have work to do to, to add horse racing and race car um, driving, that kind of thing. Um, this is all really cool. Is this a really crowded space? Are you in a really competitive space here? Um, it is a competitive space. There's a couple other companies um, that are in it. Nobody that's doing it at the scale that we are. So we are certainly the lead in this industry right now. But there's others that are involved for sure. Which is a good thing. Uh, competition drives us and helps us innovate and continue to grow. It is really wild stuff. you got to check it out. Dave Shapiro is the president of Youth Sports for Pixelot. Thanks for joining us, Dave. Yeah, thanks for having me. Up next, Aviv Arnon from WSC Sports Technologies. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein.
Our guest this week is Aviv Arnon, co-founder of WSC Sports, which creates what they call engagement experiences for fans, all fans, from NBA consumers here in America to those who watch cricket on the other side of the globe, Australia. How we consume sports, it's their mission, and Aviv joins us now. Hi there. Hi, how are you doing, Graham? I'm great. Um, in essence, what does WSC do? Okay, so um, we have um, we have a cloud platform. We're a technology company. We're based in uh, in Israel, and we're uh, we're a technology startup, but uh, a little bit <clears throat> have a run in the in the market already for about eight years. We developed a cloud platform that takes a live sports broadcast and then automatically identifies what happens in the video at every moment. And creates an and, I, and creates an individual clip of every play. So we help whoever owns the sports rights to create more content and tailor it for different fan experiences. So it's not just identifying what happens, create the perfect clip of every play from start to, to to finish, and it can automate the creation and the compilation of a of a <clears throat> of a video recap of a, of the game or of a specific player and really help to create different kinds of content for all the digital use cases that, and where fans, fans consume content today. Right, so take me through, let's just take a play from an NBA playoff game, and James Harden, star of the Rockets, uh, hits a three-point basket. There is a specific defender on that play on him. There's a specific defensive setup. There is the person who passed the ball and the person who set the screen for Harden. Can all of those separate things be broken down through your algorithm? Or if I put in James Harden play, that all we'd really get is the James Harden three-pointer? So NBA is a great example. We, we've been working with NBA for, uh, for five, five years now. Um, so, yeah, basically what the platform does, it, it takes different indicators that are available on the video, in the audio, different data inputs and statistics that come in in real time from different sources and we developed a unique technology uh, using AI machine learning visual recognition uh, audio analysis and, and statistical data inputs that are coming in real time and also being analyzed to uh, correlate between all of them and identify exactly what's happening so if it's a if it's a specific player taking a uniquely um, Unique, complicated shot, and we also be able. We're also able to rate the play, taking into account the crowd reaction and commentators' excitement and different things that are uh, vis that that are visual cues that are happening on screen. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, that, so so that example that you gave, there's a few different few different. Uh, uh, data points that are used by our algorithm to actually um, create metadata for every play and really give it deep analysis and uh, then able to uh, use that particular play in uh, different compilations. So we may use that play for the game recap, but also maybe for a hardened specific highlight that can then be sent to specifically to hardened fans or specifically to hardened sponsors um, and, uh, for example, in the NBA's case, there's the Nike sponsorship that is taking Nike-specific players, and you can get their content through their smart jersey. Um, so 
So uh, these are different implementations that are then running on top of that capability. Um, correct me if I'm wrong here. Was this initially thought of to be a technology that would be used by scouts? Yeah, actually, um, we we started this back in the day as a hobby. We were four founders of the company, um, four friends, and we uh, were sports enthusiasts, sports fans, and uh, started this sort of as a hobby. Uh, it, it was initially a software that helped the coach to create an analysis and prepare better for the next game. Uh, so we started here in Israel. We worked with the Israeli national team. We worked with... Uh, with the biggest teams in Israel and some teams in Europe, and adapted this from basketball to soccer to different sports. But it was basically something we did after hours. Then we decided that we want that this is what we want to do in life, working in our in in the junction of technology and sports, and that this was a, a great opportunity. But we that's when we basically took the, those core capabilities that we built for the coach and adapted them to a media solution, which is uh, much broader with bigger implications around the world, and basically then took and, and developed this to many different branches of sports. And, and now we're playing in the space of, uh, of uh, sports media rights. So it's not something that you could give uh, that, that anybody that could actually use that content to deliver to fans. You have to own, the, own that content to actually be able to use our technology. So, um, yeah, it's, this is the this was the evolution of our uh, of our solution. So you mentioned rights um, with companies like yours in the marketplace. Um, how does that relationship work with the leagues? Obviously, that is the proprietary data that they have and the video that they have. How do you work alongside that with the traditional outlets that pay exorbitant right fees to show games and show highlights? Right. So that's a good question. We basically, anybody that owns the rights is a potential partner or customer for our technology. So um, we could create a great experience delivering content to NBA fans or MLS fans, uh, but, but for that, we actually had to pay, if we want to go direct to consumer, we had to pay a few billions in order to deliver that experience first because you need to buy those rights. What ESPN and TNT and uh, Fox Sports and everybody's doing uh, and all the traditional media is doing is first paying a lot of money for those content rights and then be able to deliver that experience to the fans. So we work with anybody that owns those rights. So it may be the league, it may be the broadcaster, it may be the teams themselves, the publishers like Bleacher Report. And that's also using our, our solution, the college conferences or anybody that owns the rights, then they want to maximize how they actually use those rights and how they deliver a better experience for their audience, for their sponsors. <clears throat> so, and that's, so that's who we target to work with and who we offer our technology to help create those uh, better and unique and changing consumer experiences and fan experiences with all the changing demand of uh, and uh, changing demand for video across the different platforms. So you have this solution for them, and and you're not going to. I can understand you don't want to get into rights fees. It's an exorbitant thing to try to get into for your own platform. So you're working with the groups that already own the rights fees. How do you keep your technology 
away from them because it would seem to think I would seem to think that it would be their goal to try to replicate what you do so they don't have to pay you to do it. Uh, I think that would be uh, a little bit of a stretch because first we we really brought uh, a unique capability to the market. I think uh, really with that uh, technology involvement and with the different platforms uh, the, ch- the the way consumption is changing is adapting uh, regularly. Like it's changing uh, from season to season, and and now the way that the leagues need to adapt the content on Instagram and on Snapchat and and deliver in different languages and different content for every market, and how uh, demanding the consumers are becoming. So so our platform keeps adopting and keeps changing and evolving. So giving a lot of those experiences, uh, a lot of those capabilities to our partners. But um, to try to really replicate this means that they'll need to become a technology company. Uh, the leagues are not in the business of, uh, of really developing uh, a technology solution or a platform that, that, that can then adopt, create a, it's a unique kind of business and a very special expertise that we've uh, we've been now working on if you take the days of scouting before um before we uh, we went to the media so it's uh, coming up to a decade of uh, of r&d and of expertise in the market so um i don't think that's really the risk of uh, of our customers trying to do it i think it's on the contrary i think we're becoming more and more uh, closer partners to them uh, and they keep coming to us with their new challenges and unique challenges and what they're trying to achieve. Uh, and we and it helps us build the solution and build the platform uh, for those challenges. So today we have <clears throat> we have uh, dozens of, uh, I'd say, more than 70 um, rights owners, partners that are using the platform. We learn the best practices from them all. We can help and and uh, advise and, prov- and provide uh, unique solutions coming from different parts of the world to all the rights owners to then um, use the content on their um, on their uh, on, for their fans in a better way. So I think it's actually a symbiotic uh, relationship that's feeding each other. Um, you had mentioned the automation part of it, and, and that's really was a huge selling point to get into these spaces, specifically with a group like the NBA. Can you kind of take us through the the early moments of that? Was the automation flawless? How long did it take to get to a point where you're happy with the way the automation worked when selecting the plays for the products? Okay, so for that, you need to understand a little bit of how, how that works. So we... First, the first phase of what the, the, the platform does is identifying uh, what is happening on screen and then creating the individual clips. But then part of the automation is streamlining workflows and helping uh, our partners to um, scale up their content operation, help them streamline their workflows, and help them deliver uh, more. Uh, now, in, deliver more in terms of content. Now, um, in the beginning, we came with uh, with different solutions, and we showed what the technology can be. <clears throat> and we, uh, we the NBA is, uh, is a great story because in the beginning, when we came to them, 
we showed them some web interfaces and consumer experiences that they could use to engage their fans uh, based on our technology. But what they were most interested in is when they heard that this can automate the video creation itself, which was not our original immediate selling point. And so uh, when they heard that we can automate, we said, wait, wait a minute, you can... You can create those videos automatically. You can preset what content will be created, and that will happen automatically. And when we said yes, they wanted, they wanted us to prove it. So um, by that point, we already had uh, the core capabilities for basketball, and we, uh, we were able to show uh, a demo within, within a couple of weeks. Uh, but to your question, how great it is and, and what... Uh, uh, and how, when were we satisfied? So the answer to that is we're never satisfied. I think uh, one of the advantages and the uniqueness, uh, the unique points of, uh, of machine learning and AI is the more data and the more experience the platform has, the better it gets. So um, now we have tens of thousands of, of basketball games uh, that were already analyzed and content that was created by the system. Uh, we can always we always get more also feedback from the market and from the customers on what else what what other type of content could the system create and what else should it do um, so it's ever evolving and there's also nuances and differences when you create content for a March Madness college content or for the NBA because there's different uh, sometimes different rules when you do basketball also in Europe or in the NBA. Uh, but it's not only basketball. It's in every sport that we do. So basically, it's now 13 different branches of sports. Um, and we have customers like uh, Bundesliga, um, like, uh, like MLS. Like, um, I, can't, I can't name them all, but uh, TNT or, and Turner and March Madness and a few of the different sports that... Uh, mo- most of the prominent sports in the U.S., let's say, and a lot of... Uh, soccer leagues around the world, and a lot of uh, cricket and hockey and baseball and and uh, any anybody that you can think of. But um, to adopt to a new sport is a development that takes us um, in the beginning several weeks, um, and then uh, there's the learning curve for the system to then uh, to then uh, uh, fine tune and edit and get the customer feedback to make it perfect for them. So that's the new sports for the ones you've you've been working with, and, and you say we're never satisfied. Um, what would you like to see the tech be able to do in the future? Oh, so <clears throat> there's always new capabilities and new mar- new um, requirements from the market. So basically, if you think about how consumption is changing, fans today. Uh, want the content to be very tailored and specific to what they want to see, right? They're not satisfied uh, anymore with one-size-fits-all. So there's more and more. um, You need to, for example, give each fan their own highlight on their fantasy team. Or if you watch content on uh, places like uh, Instagram or, uh, or Snapchat or different platforms that require the format to be a little different, so make it more uh, shorter, make it in a story format, make it vertical uh, or square, um, and then really um, 
engage the fans directly with a one-to-one experience, talking to each fan with exactly what they want to see. Um, we have examples like the NBA Messenger bot, where we created an experience uh, for fans to actually ask for highlights for every single player in the league, for every single game. And you can get a video recap of every player directly through Messenger. You just need to write the NBA who you want to see, and you can get that video of that player from the last game uh, instantaneously. We're also working on a more, <clears throat> even more um, interactive uh, web and mobile interface for, uh, for the fans to be able to actually create what they want the system to create for them. So um, these are new experiences for fans, but we're also thinking we could take that content um, and create more um, opportunities for our customers to to use it across different industries. So if you're thinking of uh, advertising and real-time advertising, if you're thinking of betting or uh, how you're going to create content that drives engagement, creates more subscriptions, calls people to action, and uh, you can do all of that at scale. Really help um, help them uh, squeeze the value out of the content uh, across any of those industries. You mentioned betting. Obviously, there's a proliferation of sports betting that is occurring in real time here in America as the laws are changing um, over which states will allow it and where it will be allowed. Um, how are you guys um, working with the gambling industry? So it's an interesting one. Um, actually, I can't say too much, but I, what I can say is that um, it's going to be it's, be it's going to be very competitive. Uh, U.S. opening up uh, the floodgates for uh, for sports betting is uh, is definitely creating a lot of interest in uh, in our industry, um, and the content is a unique driver for. Uh, for value for for the leagues, like uh, like the data and the stats can do, the video can do as well, uh, and it can really create a much more interesting uh, experience for the fan around uh, around the bet, uh, the betting experience. So we can use our technology uh, in different ways that I can't elaborate right now because we're this is still early days and. Um, and nothing is uh, released or public yet, but uh, create experiences that actually uh, create a better experience and drive um, the engagement for uh, for fans around betting as well. Um, are uh, maybe this is this is too narrow, but are are specific athletes coming to you all in trying to get them to help build content packages, whether it be to try to acquire sponsorships? Or scholarships? Is anyone coming to you in that way? Um, it's not the common use case, but we do have, for example, if you take uh, some of our partners, let's say, like FIBA, uh, the International Basketball Federation, they're using content to then deliver it for every uh, for every club that. Uh, and every national team that is playing in their tournament, but not only them, they're also sending specific highlight packages for every fan. <clears throat> I'm sorry, for every player that can then push these videos across their their 
social media and digital platforms. So they get the audience of uh, of uh, that is following the athlete itself to, to to get exposed to the to the FIBA content. So we've been working with them for uh, over two years now. And what they did on digital is amazing. Like they they grew to over 1.9 billion video views this year, uh, and really uh, blowing up on on digital. Uh, this year there's the uh, basketball World Cup in China, so this is going to drive a lot of interest and uh, and eyeballs around uh, that event. So uh, they're really trying to maximize how they use the platform across. Uh, diff- the different um, markets and and how they tailored the, the content for for the players themselves as well. And uh, for scouting, you asked. We do also college. We do also the G League uh, um, of the NBA. And sometimes uh, our platform can be used to to identify the big players and the big moments. Uh, and then coaches do uh, use that sometimes for. For their scouting purposes, but but I wouldn't say that's the main uh, the main uh, usage of our platform. Okay, Aviv, I'll let you go with this. You are an Israeli-based startup, um, so I'm just curious from over here because we've talked a lot about basketball and cricket over in Australia. What was the sport you were focused on when you were doing this on the side? Uh, it was basketball actually, but soccer is also is the biggest sport in Israel, uh, and today we have also we're covering over 15 soccer leagues around the world. Uh, but uh, two of my co-founders are crazy basketball fans. Uh, they're the ones that know every NBA player and every college player that that used to play, and uh, they were players themselves and coaches. So uh, so we came as we started as as more of an expert in uh, in basketball, but today we have um, it's far from the days that uh, basketball was uh, was the the story here. We're we're now doing uh, if you can, for example, volleyball is uh, coming up on the platform and handball, and uh, we're doing surfing, which is a very uh, unique solution. And WSL is a great partner for us. Uh, covering all the the main surfing uh, tournaments around the world, um, and uh, I mentioned tennis and baseball and hockey, and so and and also interestingly interesting is that uh, a little bit of esports as well. So esports we look at at it as another branch of sport. So every game can be also analyzed and and highlights created for the esports games uh, that are driving so much fans and engagement. So um, I hope I answered your question. <laughs> Sounds like you've got it all. Aviv Arnon from WSC Sports. Thank you for joining us from Israel. We appreciate the time. No, it was my pleasure. And uh, uh, thanks for giving us the opportunity. Uh, and uh, we'll be in touch. Thanks to both of our guests, Dave Shapiro from Pixelot and Aviv Arnon from WSC Sports Technologies. That'll do it for us this time. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein.